Welcome to Season 1, Episode 9 of Family Planning for Docs, Thriving or Surviving. This podcast is an extension of our platform at www.familyplanningfordocs.com, a website created for Canadian medical trainees to highlight useful information about family planning in a medical career. Our group has a mission to inform medical trainees about their options regarding family planning while navigating training, career, and personal life. Our research has shown that personal stories are very impactful, and we hope to provide access to a diverse number of stories to current trainees. On our podcast, we hope to capture the stories of medical professionals who have navigated the training process and an incredible career while also planning parenthood, parenting, and all the supports along the way. In this episode, we have Dr. Jocelyn Charles. We are thrilled to have you on our podcast today, and we just want to thank you on behalf of the entire team for taking the time to share your story here today. Happy to share it. Amazing. So I'm going to start with an easy question first. Um, What does a day in the life of Jocelyn look like? So it's busy uh, from the time I get up uh, to the time I hit my head on the pillow. It's go, go, go. (laughs) I never stop. Um, I say yes to way too many things, but I'm (laughs) passionate and interested about so many things and I deeply care about my patients. So it is busy. And can you talk a little bit about uh, how many years of training took you to get to where you are now? I understand you're a family physician. So if you could walk us through that timeline a little bit. Yeah, so I I did um, my training involved nursing training before medicine. I didn't quite finish. I did three years of the BSCN and I won't go into that, but I switched into medicine um, for a number of reasons, and um, I went into family medicine, which I am passionate about. Love it. I love every day, and I I really enjoy care of the elderly. It, the PGY three didn't exist, so I made up my own um, and did care of the elderly, and was hired on staff at Sunnybrook. Um, and right after I was offered the uh, position, I um, realized I was pregnant, but then we'll get into that in a bit. Okay. And I've done some fun things in my career. I'm really passionate about vulnerable people, um, access to care. Um, I've worked in long-term care uh, here at the Veterans Centre my entire career. I've been in in medical leadership since 1993, and now I teach leadership. Um, I've been involved in the Ontario Health Teams and Primary Care organization and development. Um, I'm a professor in the Department of Family and Community Medicine. I teach, do research, quality improvement. Um, Yes, so I've done lots of things and uh, there's never a dull moment and I enjoy every single day. Thank you for sharing that. It sounds like there is a laundry list of things that you do. You mentioned that uh, you're involved in leadership positions. How did you get involved with that um, in your career? Mostly through arm twisting. Um, So (laughs) my preceptor from family medicine, I guess, recognized that I had some leadership skills that I was totally unaware of um, and uh, said, you'd be good in this uh, leadership position. I think you should join. And so I did. And then I got worried that I didn't have any leadership skills. So I started taking leadership courses and I've taken so many, I probably can't (laughs) recount them all. (laughs) Um, and so I'm always thirsty to learn more and, and I've had great, great mentors, uh, through my career. Um, I still have great mentors and I also mentor others and there's a lot to learn from each other. Um, and so I've had 
lots of leadership positions. Um, I've been chief of my department. I'm program chief here at the hospital. So I do hospital leadership. I do community leadership. I'm on the board of the Ontario College of Family Physicians because I feel it's important to give back uh, to our profession. Um, and I've loved every leadership position I've had. I've learned a ton um, and it's really shaped who I am as a family physician and as a leader. Like I mentioned before, our goal is to chat with you and others about how you've kind of fit your family plans while also balancing this incredible career. What inspired you to start a family? What was your motivation? Oh, I wanted a family my whole life. I'm from a big family. I'm in the middle of four brothers and I have a sister as well. And my mother worked full time. Um, so I, we all had our jobs to do growing up. Um, and my mother was also a feminist who thought women should have uh, great careers. So there was no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Um, I actually was severely injured in a gymnastics accident, paralyzed actually, and had two spinal surgeries. So I wanted to have my children young. Um, be, be, I didn't want to run into any unnecessary complications. So I actually started my family in my late 20s. Um, I got married in medical school after first year. Um, and, uh, my husband knew I desperately wanted children. And, uh, so I had my son two months into my first job as a academic family physician. Um, my son was born seven weeks premature. Um, and he was, uh, he actually arrested at birth and was in the NICU on a ventilator. And women of today don't realize we only had 16 weeks maternity leave back then. So I had to go back to work when my son was two months corrected. Uh, my babysitter quit after two weeks. Um, and so, and I had no family supports in Toronto. So I started taking my son to daycare and he then started getting very, very sick. And I would have to lug his nebulizer with me to the daycare center until his physician said, look, he's way too sick for daycare. And so I actually um, hired my Toronto emergency nanny that I kept hiring. I hired her permanently. Um, and I've had, uh, after her, I had some fantastic nannies. I had my last nanny for 20 years and she was my, I, my kids called her their second mother. Uh, she was fantastic. And I owe my career to her. Um, she was great. She called in sick three days in 20 years and she stayed on and worked overtime um, at the drop of a hat. And if she couldn't, she would always find someone in the nanny community who could. So I owe her a lot. Um, so my first year in practice uh, was a it was a blur. Uh, I was exhausted because I actually had to get up every four hours to give my son a nebulizer. And actually my husband had to get up too because it took two of us. Uh, around the clock, he needed them every four hours. So um, that was through the winter of my first practice. <laughs> And I was so exhausted. One thing I learned was that my fatigue was not going to kill me. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, as long as I drove safely and didn't uh, harm a patient, I was going to be okay. And on my way to work, I would say to myself over and over again, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it through this day. Um, and uh, so I did. And uh, it was... Uh, I had two more children at three years apart, uh, and I hired the nanny after this. So my son ended up back in daycare um, and uh, did really, really well in that daycare. And then after my second child, we hired 
the nanny we had for 20 years. So mm-hmm. right? I had three children, uh, three years apart, um, and I wanted four, but I had so many obstetrical complications. <laughs> I was told, no, not you're not going to have any more. Um, so free was it. And, uh, you know, and I was able to, because of my nanny and I have a fantastic husband um, and a great supportive family, I was able to have a great career um, and raise three children. So um, I got my cake and eat it too, I guess. You <laughs> You've had quite the journey there. Um, to yeah. get more. That's incredible, though. And at some point, actually, in 2006, when my kids were teenagers, I worked full time. And my, when I talk about full time, my hours are over 80 hours a week. Um, I also did a master's degree. Wow. <laughs> and I can remember my kid, I would sit down at the computer at 11 o'clock at night to start writing my papers for my master's course. And my, my kids would say, Mom, I guess you weren't that well organized or you wouldn't be sitting to do this at 11 o'clock at night, which is exactly what I would tell them. They would be just regurgitating it back at me. And I would say, when you're working full time, raising three children and doing master's degree, we'll have chat. So yeah. <laughs> wait till you're sitting at this desk at 11 p.m. in 20 years and then we can have a conversation. Do your children live near Toronto? Do you get to see them? So I have my son just got married um, and he married a Ukrainian paramedic, uh, absolutely adorable. Um, and uh, they're doing great. They live with her 93 year old grandmother um, and uh, they're, they're very happy. And my next child is uh, my daughter. She lives in North Vancouver and she works in human resources and we just helped them buy a condo in Squamish. So we're excited about that. And then my youngest is an engineer mathematician who just quit her job as a senior consultant to work on a farm in Guelph because she's into sustainable farming. And so we, with raising our children, we said, you do what you're passionate about. It's your life. Uh, make it what you want it to be. And we've just supported them in doing that. So that's beautiful. So they're kind of spread out a little bit, but still close by. I mean, Guelph is not too far from uh, Toronto. Oh, she comes home one weekend. She's going back to work. Oh, <laughs> so okay. That's good. <laughs> this was just a summer to do yeah. something she's passionate about. So, uh, you know, interesting story. So some women grapple with um, the guilt of yeah. working and not being there for your children. And so I would have open conversations with my kids about this. Um, My kids went to a Montessori school uh, for their elementary school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my son would say to me, you know, mom, all the other mothers are there to pick up their children. And um, you're not. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, well, if you want me to be that there to pick you up from school, you won't be able to go to that school, you'll have to go to the public school, because, you know, I'm working in part of the benefit of me working is you get to go to that school. And he said, then you just keep on working. (laughs) How old was he when you said that? Yeah, he was about, I don't know, six or seven. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's, I think it's good to have those conversations early on, though, so that, you know, um, a lot of our guests on the podcast have very small children. They're still small, like five, six uh, years old. And uh, they always talk about how, you know, they miss kind of being at home all the time and having this concept of sacrificing time. Um, 
I guess, can you talk to us a little bit about how that changes over time? Do kids kind of just get it um, eventually that, you know, mom has to go to work and that's, she still loves you, but uh, that's how it is. Yeah, it's really hard when they're little. I mean, my my middle one, <laughs> I bring her t- to Montessori. She they had to peel her off me finger oh. by finger, um, and I would I would leave in tears. Um, and they, you know, the teacher would tell me, as soon as you're gone, she's fine. <laughs> and my son, when I drop him off, it was even more heart wrenching. Really, he would go to the window. And wave goodbye with these big tears rolling down his cheeks. And so I always felt terrible at that moment. I remember leaving their sc- the school with this gut-wrenching feeling. But then when I get home and they tell me all about their day and how much fun it was, I realized, you know, spending the day with me would not have been as good as that. Yeah. And eventually they get over that, you know. So it's that transition period where they, you know, they are clinging to you and yet you need to support them in, in development, developing a more independent, um, you know, program for them so that they will develop as humans as mm-hmm. you want them to. But I think probably the, the hardest was my youngest because she was really joined at the hip to me. Aww. And she used to say to me regularly with tears, big tears rolling down her cheeks, who do I need to speak to at Sunnybrook to get my mother back? Oh, imagine how gut wrenching that is. And so it was really interesting um, because when she was in grade 12, she was working on this project and she was not coming down for meals. She was just totally into this project. So I walked into her room and I just said, we're doing a timeout right here. I said, you know how much you love this project? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so, so fantastic. I said, that's how much I love my work. Wow. And she, her jaw dropped open. And I said, do you get it now? And she said, totally. Wow. So, you know, yeah, you have to sort of think about it. I think about it more of it as an investment. Yeah. So you're going through these difficult times with your child. They need to know you love them, that you care for them, that you're there for them, but that you're also supporting their development. Mm-hmm. You're going to become um, really independent strong strong character yeah with your support in helping them develop that way and my children all three are very independent very Mm -hmm. self-sufficient and thank us regularly for raising them the way we did so they don't come back now and say you should have been home (laughs) I've never heard that (laughs) they instead say thank you for giving us all of the opportunities that you gave us Right. And so the only way I was able to do that was through my work. Right. And also because I wasn't constantly there overseeing them, you know, because one time they said, you know, you should be at home. I said, do you know what it would be like if I was at home? (laughs) And I actually went through a little bit of a scenario and they all three looked at me and said, keep working. (laughs) They're like, never mind. That's okay. (laughs) That they could get away with stuff with their nanny that they would never get away with me. (laughs) <laughs> you know my nanny has she's a doll uh she has such a great heart but she could be manipulated by them um and they knew they couldn't get away with that with me so <laughs> I guess it all worked out in the end then it all worked out in the end that's right even as children and teenagers oh you know people would say to them are you going to be a doctor like your mom and they would just yeah. laugh hysterically are you kidding <laughs> 
I'm not going to work that hard. Um, and my husband's a lawyer and they would say the same thing about him. But, uh, uh, you know, I think what they what they took home for it is really the unsaid messages that mm. received, which is do what you're passionate about, do it well, work hard um, and care about your family. Because so the other thing, too, is it means I think the other sacrifice of a a working physician parent is that you don't have as much time for your own personal life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was a marathon runner at, when I was raising my kids. And so they knew if they wanted to have a really private, in-depth conversation with me, they would hop on their bike while I went for a run. <laughs> I love that. So they're all crazy fitness people, right? They're all, I, I they're all into fitness and sports and stuff and uh you know and that's because they lived it right it's yeah. not so i think uh i think there yeah but there is a sacrifice for um for you as a physician or a professional of any kind and that is you you can't have the social life that you you've had before i mean it, that is your sacrifice you work you look after your kids you have great fun with your family um, you do need some social life, but it needs to be tailored to make sure your children get as much of you as they can. Jocelyn, if you had a magic wand and could somehow go back in time and change anything about your life, would you and why? Or if not, why? No, I don't think I'd change anything. Because I think even even the hard parts, I think times when you didn't do what you probably if you went could go back and do differently we learn more from that than we do from success right um so it shapes who you are it shapes um i think some of the most difficult times in my life are what make me who i am today right they you know i'm far more resilient than i used to be i'm you know and i think as physicians we need to live through the hard parts, right? In order to have empathy for those we care for. Um, so no, I don't think I'd change a thing. Um, I think I've been blessed um, with a great family and a great husband, um, you know, a family of origin plus my current family. Um, and it's not perfect, but uh, I love them all the way they are, so. So well said. Do you have any advice for any of our listeners? May they be medical students or residents in their training? Um, any advice you have for physicians to be, I guess? I would say do what you're passionate about. Um, you do need to set some limits, and I'm probably the pot calling the kettle black guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not good at it. Um, I strongly recommend uh, if you want a family, go for it there's no perfect time. Don't wait, just do it. Um, and, uh, it's probably the most fun thing ever, uh, to have a, have a family of your own and it will inform you. Like it's one, a great teacher as a family physician, because the advice you're going to be able to give to your patients as a parent, uh, is very valuable. Um, so, uh yeah I from a family perspective go for it have fun um and enjoy every minute of it thank you and the last question in the name of the podcast Jocelyn are you thriving or surviving at this moment 
Um, this month I'm surviving, but overall, <laughs> overall I'm thriving. <laughs> there are moments where I feel like I'm just surviving, but you have to know that those will pass. Those will pass. So overall thriving with a little bit of surviving. Yeah. We just want to give you another thank you again for sitting down and chatting with me today. Um, it was an absolute pleasure getting to know a little bit more about your story. You can find our guests' contact information and additional information about anything mentioned in the show uh, in the notes from today's show. This is Radha and Jocelyn signing off. Great. Thanks a lot, Radha. <laughs>